is happening, people of the interwebs? Welcome back to another episode of the Jesus and Coffee Show. I'm your host, Todd Frazier, as always. And in today's episode, we've got a really great guest, my friend and the teaching pastor at Friends Church Yorblinda, Chris Ward, came in and we talked about his story about how he decided to become a pastor. And then also we talked about the importance of biblical knowledge and then a few other things. It's a great episode. So without further ado, let's get to my interview with Pastor Chris Ward on the Jesus and Coffee Show. Well, Chris, welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. Thanks for inviting me. Um, things are weird, right? I mean, we've had conversations <laughs> least, about, right? right? Yeah. That, and and there's so much, I think, going on around us. And the, the conversation that we've been having on the show is really just, what do we do in this time? And also the question of what do we what do we need in our lives more? And I want to talk to you about that. But I think, first of all, I'd love to hear your story about... Yeah. What is it that caused you to become a pastor? You're the you're the teaching pastor at Yorba Linda Friends Church, mm-hmm. and uh, just where did that start? Yeah, uh, so that goes back actually to fourth grade. So yeah, wow, yeah, fourth grade. So I, you know, it's funny. I had always, I had always wanted to be a teacher, and I thought I wanted to be just like a school teacher. In fact, mm-hmm. I used to play like school in my room when I got home from school. Um, <laughs> For far too long, like I was wow. too old to still doing that stuff, and I still did it. But for a really long time, I wanted to be a school teacher, and I, I remember sitting in an Easter service in fourth grade at Avery Free in Fullerton, where mm-hmm. we grew up, and seeing Chuck Swindoll up on the stage, and I remember just thinking to myself, "Why would I only be a teacher of you know thirty kids in a classroom when I could teach hundreds of people like this guy does now?" I you know I didn't know in at the fourth time fourth grade in fourth grade yeah I, I, wow. didn't, I didn't know at the time I mean I you know that I would just remember that thought but yeah. just being kind of mesmerized and captivated by what this guy got to do and uh, you know and I enjoyed it even as a fourth grader and I remember actually that Easter Sunday I went home and I went into my room. And it was the first time I played church. So I was no longer playing school. Now I played church. You and transitioned. I, I basically just plagiarized a sermon to, you know, my stuffed animals or whatever. Isn't that what most pastors do anyways <laughs> yeah, these days? Some, some okay, we won't get into that. Yeah, but yeah, so fourth grade. So that's when it started. And wow. then and then that kind of left me, you know, honestly. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of, you know, I didn't think much of it. And then my senior year in high school um, is when, you know, my my faith really began to be my own, take hold. And it was at that time that I just began to feel like, I wonder if I'm supposed to be a pastor, you hmm. know, and wonder if I'm supposed to be slash want to like, I, yeah. you know, the kind of that teaching side of me had never left, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to be a school teacher anymore, but it felt like, gosh, maybe I'm supposed to be a pastor. Um, but by that time I was already, uh, you know, enrolled in USC. I was going to mm-hmm. major, I was a business major, you know, kind of the thing I was known for in high school is I wanted to work kind of on the business side of the entertainment industry, Disney, something like that. Oh, wow. And, you know, my my future was kind of in that path. In fact, at, at USC, I had enrolled in the business cinema television program, which is a very unique program that they yeah. have. So it's the business side of the entertainment industry. And so I kind of felt like, you know, I, I have this thing in the back of my mind, but what everybody had told me, what my parents especially had told me, is what they had heard from other people, which is, you know, ministry is hard work. And if you can be satisfied doing anything else, then you're probably not called to ministry because it's a calling mm. sort of thing. So I thought when I got to college, I thought that this would kind of disappear, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd, you know, get in my business classes and I'd get internships and I'd really love the business world. And kind of none of that happened, you know, huh. and the more I got into business classes, the more I thought, yeah, I could do this. This is okay. But it just didn't really, you know, it didn't, it didn't ignite my passion mm-hmm. like my faith was at that time. 
And then the summer between my sophomore and junior year uh, was a kind of a very singular sort of moment for me. And um, I was in I was in a church. It was a midweek college service. It was actually over the summer. And, um, you know, I'm not one that goes around saying that, you know, I hear from God all the time or mm. anything like that. In fact, you know, very rarely would I ever very clearly say that I think God spoke to me. But this was one of those very rare times in my life. And I remember I was in, I was in a church service. Um, it was t- during a time of worship. And I uh, just felt, you know, and I describe it as felt a voice inside of me as, as opposed to heard a voice inside mm. of me. But I just felt you know, God saying, you know, Chris, what are you doing? You know, I want you in the church. Yeah. And I, and I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) Internally, internally, I was like, what? And again, it said, uh, the voice said, I I want you in the church. Mm. And then it just, as as quickly as it came, it just left, but unmistakable. I mean, more clear than you and I talking today. I felt that. Wow. And so uh, I got that voice and I got that calling and then I was scared out of my mind. And so I completely (laughs) did a 180 and uh, rebelled against it and got even further into business classes. It was like, this is really scary. I don't want to do this. I graduated my senior year uh, of college, got a job in the financial world, worked up in San Francisco for Mm -hmm. an investment banking firm. And, you know, I always describe that as my Jonah Whale experience. It was then that I just felt like, God said, Chris, I mean, how long are you going to do this? You know, yeah. how long are you going to run away from me? You know what I've made you to do. You know what I called you to do. And, um, you know, I used to ride in on the bus to work and, you know, think of sermons in my mind and that sort of thing and all of that. And so finally I got to the point where I realized, okay, I can't, I can't run from this anymore. I mean, I can do the business thing and I probably could do it for a long time, but in terms of fulfillment and calling and what I'm supposed to do, I'm, I'm supposed to be a pastor. So mm-hmm. after two years in the business world, I uh, quit that job and moved back down to Southern California, enrolled in seminary, and the rest is history. Yeah. So that's, that's I love that because it's very much, I was thinking Jonah, and then you yeah, said Jonah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, this yeah. is like a Nineveh situation yeah, no, for kinda, real. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, and, and you say you, you heard the calling. Yeah. And I think that's something that's interesting to me because I always wonder, like, where do people feel? How do you discern the difference between like your internal voice saying, I want to do this versus God's voice saying, this is what you're meant to do. I think you had a very clear situation where that was obvious. How did you tell the difference? Well, for me, I mean, you know, I I think God can speak to us in a number of different ways. And I think sometimes God's voice can sound like our own voice. Sometimes I think sometimes God speaks in nudges. I think sometimes God speaks in, you know, pictures. I think God, sometimes God speaks in impressions and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Uh, this was this was unmistakable, mm. you know, and like I said, I think it's really rare. In fact, I remember talking to a pastor soon after this happened to me, and he said to me, he said, I find that, especially in someone in your situation, he said, when people are the least, are going to struggle the most with doing what God wants for them, he has to be the clearest, you know? Oh. And so, you know, this, like I said, I, you know, that, that sort of singular moment I've gotten, you know, maybe one other time in my life and that's it, you know, mm-hmm. it's, this is not a, when you occurrence. met Tanya. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I marry her. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, this is not something that happens all that often, but this was an unmistakable and, you know, I've talked to some other people who have had experiences like that, but I mm-hmm. don't think that that's, I really don't think that's God's norm for how mm-hmm. he does things. I think in singular situations when he really needs to grab a hold of someone like me, like a Jonah, you know, and go, Hey, this is what I want for you. You know, he, he tends to be a little bit maybe clearer in those yeah. situations. Well, Cause I hear pastors say often, you know, the Lord told me to yeah, say yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Lord showed this to me. That, yeah. And and I think revelation may be different than 
than audible speaking yeah, but is yeah, yeah. is there a difference there actually that's a good yeah question. i you know i i do i really i try to hesitate for example in my preaching saying the lord told me or something like that you know because uh i, I you know it's it's hard i don't want to carry a thus saith the lord mm. in my impressions and those sorts of things mm-hmm. you know and so yeah it, i mean it's hard to discern sometimes whether it is you speaking whether it's god speaking and i but i want to want to make clear about that is that's that's actually not necessarily a bad thing. And here's what I mean okay. by that. You know, um, I think, you know, one of the things I think we miss sometimes in the Christian faith is that one of the goals that God has for our life is to transform our minds such that we would think in the way that God wants us to think. Mm. You know, that's Romans 12, 1 and 2 mm-hmm. for us, you know. And so I think that as you mature in the Christian life, one of the things that happens is your thoughts begin to be conformed to God's Word. It begins to be conformed to you know, sort of what God wants you to think. And I think sometimes, you know, we can say that is that's what God said, but really it's us, but that's okay because hopefully we're being transformed into mm. thinking, you know, what, what God wants us to think, if that, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it, it seems like the path that you go as a Christian, you're becoming more like Christ. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll use my kids as an example. You know, mm. right now my kids are in a young stage and I need to teach them I need to teach them the decisions to make. I need to tell them in some cases what to do. I need to speak that into them. But my goal actually in my kid's life is I always want to be for them mm. there for them. And if they ever need advice, I want, but I, my goal is to get them to be at a place where they begin to have the wisdom to make decisions themselves and make their own sorts of choices. Mm-hmm. And I think God deals the same way with us. I think, you know, I was, I was more of an immature Christian, honestly, when God first called me. You know, and I think he needed to kind of smack me over the head. But mm-hmm. I think hopefully the more mature that we get, the more God says, I trust you to make decisions. I trust you to know what to do. I trust you to know where to go in this situation because, you know, you're you're in relationship with me because you're steeped in my word. You're praying. You're doing those things that I want you to do. And your mind is being transformed so that you will begin to do the things that I want you to do naturally. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, that's the goal for my kids and that's God's goal for us. Yeah. And that's the one thing I think. Actually, I just did an episode on this uh, last week. The natural outflow. Yeah. Like what's yeah, it? What, yeah, what's yeah. the instinctual outflow mm-hmm. in a certain situation? And if it's filled with God's word, yes, yeah, that's yeah. where I think that's what you're saying, and, and that yeah. makes a lot of sense because I feel like the one thing that we we look at is what's what's the thing that that person is responding to me, or how do we respond in a certain situation? Is that Christ like? And, yes, and I yeah, think exactly. that that yeah, sounds yeah, like where you're yeah, going. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so, but you're also working on your doctorate now. I you're am, you're yes. about to yeah. be Dr. Hopefully, Chris Ward. Lord willing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Next couple of months are crucial. Next month. So when you decided to go get your doctorate, yeah. what was the reasoning behind that? What's your purpose? Yeah, it was, it was, um, I, the, there was a doctor of ministry program that had just started at Talbot where I got my master's from. And, uh, the, it was a brand new track that was called advanced biblical preaching. Mm. And uh, the professor over that track was a man by the name of Don Sanukian. And mm. I had had him for one semester in seminary. And he kind of laid the foundation. He actually wrote a book on preaching. He's one of the foremost kind of oh, preaching wow. teachers around today. What's his name again? Uh, Don Sanukian. Don Sanukian. And okay. so I had had him for a semester. And everything I kind of learned, I learned from him. But I had him for like you know four months in seminary, mm. and so there was an opportunity to study under his you know teaching for three years basically, and to have him as an advisor. And I just couldn't pass that up. Mm. You know, he was such an incredible teacher in just one semester. I thought, what can I learn from him in three years? So I went yeah. 
mainly for the instruction side of things. And then the way my program works, it's three years of instruction, then you got to write a dissertation. I thought, well, I've already done the instruction. I might as well go for the full degree and write the dissertation. So, that so you didn't, you didn't intend to say, I'm going to get, well, my PhD, no, I, I mean, I, 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 I planned to, you know, I okay. wanted to, but I just thought, you know, but my main thing was, yeah, my main thing was not, I, I want to be Dr. Ward. That's not what I, I want to get more instruction. I want to be better mm. at what I do. And then, you know, when you're far enough along, you go, okay, then I'll, I'll go for the degree sure. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and you are phenomenal. It's like you have a gift and we, I've said this to you before, your ability to teach and to be able to, to speak about things in a way that, oh, that makes sense. My wife and I talk about all the time, like, oh, that, that made so much sense the way that he said that, or the way that you approach the context of scripture. I just, I, I love it. And we were just talking actually before we started here about, you just did a study through revelation, Yeah, which if people want to catch it's, it was a phenomenal study. And if they want to catch it, they can go to friends.church slash revelation and check it out. But the thing that I didn't even realize until that you started doing that study and I was going through it was, I really feel like I desire to learn more. Yeah, and yeah, I didn't yeah. know that I felt that yeah, way until yeah. I started getting into that study yeah. and realizing, man, it's so deep. It's so, there, there's so much to a lot of this, especially with a book like Revelation, which, mm -hmm. I mean, you've talked about many times how like yeah. intense that yeah, was yeah, for you from yeah. a study standpoint. And I feel like that's something that is missing in the American church a lot of times yeah. is it's, we, we don't do the Bible studies we used to do. I mean, yeah. you grew up at EV Free mm -hmm. uh, Fullerton. I grew up at Rose Drive and mm -hmm. like we had Bible studies all the yeah, time. Like yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I don't see that as yeah. much anymore. And, and I think that there's something that we are, like I personally am wanting yeah. more of. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is, you think that's just a natural yeah, it's interesting. I actually got an email uh, from a friend of mine today, and he was asking me. He said, "In your you know role as a teaching pastor, what what do people want these days from t churches in terms of teaching?" And I said, "You know, I think I think it depends on where you are in the Christian faith. I think when mm. you first start out, what you're really looking for is how do I how do I live in this whole new regime? You know that yeah, I'm yeah, how yeah. do I live with Jesus as Lord? And and you really want some of those practical you know life application sort of things. How do I make decisions?" You know, what does God have a plan for me? You know, you want sort of that. Mm -hmm. But I think the what I said is, is, you know, as you mature, I think you're, you're, and this is what I'm seeing as you mature, your focus begins to change a little bit. Mm. And, you know, not that, I mean, practical living is so important, but, oh, very much but so. there is a, a desire for kind of more of the deeper things of, of God, you know, and that's, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I think the Bible is so important. You know, there is this, you know, sort of, fascination these days with wanting to hear the voice of God. Mm. And, um, you know, and the desire is we, we want to know God better. And I really believe, you know, the clearest place to hear the voice of God is in his word, mm -hmm. you know? And so the more that you grow in the Christian faith, the more that you want to know Jesus, the more that you want to know God. And that leads you then to a desire to know kind of the, the deeper things of his word, because this is the best place to get the, to get the mind of Christ, this is the best place to find out who He is and what He's like and what He wants for us. And so that's why uh, there's that that desire for a deeper study. The older mm -hmm. you get, yeah, I think that that is it's so true. And I think you say is is one of the places. I think that's like the only place. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah it's yeah, the yeah, only yeah, place yeah, to yeah. really see what it is yeah. that God's like, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and yeah, there's yeah. so many, and there's so many resources. Yes. That's these a great days, thing about our day. Right. Day, where yeah, do you yeah. go? Like when you're prepping for a sermon, yeah. where's the first place? I mean, besides the Bible, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Where do you go to say, I need some insight on this? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of commentaries, mm. you know, and, um, but what I advise every Christian to get first and foremost is a, is a good study Bible. 
Ah. Because a good study Bible is kind of... So what a commentary is, if you don't know, a commentary is there are scholars who have devoted their whole lives to studying certain books of the Bible. And so they write an entire book that's, you know, sometimes 600 pages just on the book of Ephesians. And they will wow. go over every verse and they will go kind of all... In, they'll go in the original language and the historical background and all that sort of stuff. And um, that's great, but that's really intense for a new believer, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And so what a what a what a study Bible does is it kind of you know summarizes you know those key sort of thoughts and and kind of page by page, verse by verse, kind of outlines an understanding of each passage of scripture and some of the more thornier issues. So that's what I recommend people to go first. Mm-hmm. And then once you have a good study Bible, then you can begin exploring. And commentaries are written at at a scholarly level, so you know you kind of. It's good if you went to seminary to understand it, all the way down to a very popular kind of mm. level that's a little bit easier to grasp and understand. Uh, a particular series I recommend is called the NIV Application Commentary Series. Oh, okay. And that's a great series that um, has, you know, both goes into the original meaning of the text. There's one for pretty much every book of the Bible. It goes to the original meaning of the text, and then it goes to an application out of it. And it's a great sort of one-volume resource for each book of the mm. Bible that you can get that helps. But yeah. I, I am a big fan of, um, you know, there are some people who say, nope, I, all I want is the Bible, you know, and I just want to study, you know, the Bible. And I'm a big fan of resources because yeah. I go... You know, my thinking is, listen, if if Paul were around today, Hmm. wouldn't you want to sit down with Paul and say, hey, what did you mean in Ephesians 1 when you wrote this? Right. Well, there are people who have dedicated their lives to studying Paul's writings, and, you know, they're kind of the closest equivalent that we have to Paul, and they serve the church, and they've written books, and so I like looking at resources to help understand what Scripture says. Yeah. Well, and there's so many things that are being uncovered. Yes, right. Especially now. Scholarship is is like Mm mind-blowing, some of the stuff that's out there. Um, and it's funny you mentioned the different levels of commentary yeah. because in a lot of the apps these days, Blue Letter Bible and yeah, yeah, even yeah, the Bible yeah. app, there's some commentary stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get into a couple of them and I'm like, when was this written? Because yeah, I don't, yeah. a like lot Matthew of, so Henry. That, yeah, like, that's I, the problem. I, I get, so a lot, of, a lot of the ones you get for free on apps and the internet are like 150 years old and they're, they don't represent the best scholarship these days. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I always recommend people like the NIV application commentary okay. that was written in the last 20, 30 years. And it represents okay. both good scholarship, but it's also really accessible and yeah. easy to understand. Is there, when you come across stuff in these commentaries that are competing mm-hmm. in, in how, how they interpret things, yeah, yeah, yeah. where do you, I mean, cause I've experienced that. I'm like, well, yeah. what am I supposed to yeah, yeah. do with this? How, how do you. Do you, or, yeah, or do you, you know, not you decide, just, you just kind of say, you know what, there's things that people don't agree on. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to, so I, I pretty much have a opinion on everything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as you should as a good pastor. <laughs> so I have an opinion on everything. Right. And so, you know, what I do is I look at, you know, I, I look at, I'll read, you know, that, and that happens a lot. I'll read two competing things. And honestly, for me, you know, one of it is, is just my training, the school I went to, like I was taught a lot of things there and, and kind of sometimes the first teaching you're introduced to just seems the one that makes the most yeah. sense. What's the foundation you know, so there's, for Yeah, you. There's, so there's kind of a gut level thing with that. And then I'll look at both interpretations and I'll just go, okay, what, what makes the most sense of the text, mm-hmm. you know? And usually there's one that requires a little bit more kind of, I call it, let's call it gymnastics, you know, yeah. in your mind to kind of agree with what the text says. And they're one that just seems like, you know, I nine times out of 10, I'm for what the plain meaning of scripture says. And so if one, if there's an explanation that seems to fit the surface level of what the text says, that's the one I'll go with most of the yeah. time. Yeah. And, and most of the time in those scenarios, the thing that's being, we'll call it arguing, yeah. but the thing that's argued back and forth is not a 
is is not a salvation no, issue. No, no, no. These right? are all minor. Yeah, like these they're are, minutiae. Minor, mi- yeah, really, that only scholars would want to get into. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, most of those. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because I, I I get into some of those sometimes, I'm like, why are we? Why? I mean, sometimes these are things that split churches. Yeah, no, right? absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And yet yeah. they're not. A lot of them are not. They're secondary matters of the faith. You know, they're outside. It, you know, for the most part. That you know, churches today, evangelical churches today, we agree on the the major you know things. The basis, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what's most important. And right, yeah. Well, I think, um, like I said, I love the study. So if if anybody wants to uh, get some study on Revelation, because you've got a lot of resources. One, you created a bunch of resources in that that tied to other resources. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. all those handouts yeah, every week. Yeah, so yeah, and then that kind of stuff. I'll break all the ink on your. <laughs> I didn't print yeah. any of them out. I just okay, saved good. them to that's, PDF, man. It was good. 2020. That's a lot of ink. A lot of ink. I, I a lot of ink <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm really glad you came in. Yeah, uh, I'm. I can't believe fourth grade fourth is when grade. you yeah. started oh, being like, I want to be a too. teacher. Okay, okay. Let me tell you this, too. So after I made the decision to become a pastor, um, I, I heard it, my mom told me something she had never told me before. And she said that one day, I was probably you know two years old or something like that. I was playing in my room. And she said she saw me playing on the floor of my room. And so she said she just got the sense that came to her that said, he's going to be a pastor someday, Whoa. which is crazy, right? And I didn't find that out till after I'd made the decision. So I think it goes back even even further than I, I knew, you know, God, that's crazy. God had that plan for me. So, Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, I'm really glad cool. you're following in the footsteps. Yeah, because, well, <laughs> I am you know. too. <laughs> well, I was getting pretty miserable when I wasn't, you know? <laughs> is there any part of you that's like, Man, maybe what if I would have stayed with the business track? You know, every once in a while, yes, in hard days, I go that way. But then I'm reminded of a, of a statement of Jesus. Uh, he says, whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of mm. God. And so the idea is once you start doing what God wants you to do, there's no looking over your shoulder. And yeah. so I, I cut those off at the past pretty quick. And I yeah. go, no, this is this is what I'm supposed yeah. to do. And you, you, you are... Like I said, you have been blessed with a gift, and I think it's very obvious for anybody that's experienced you. So, thank you so much for coming yeah, in, and uh, I, we're gonna have to have you back. Of I course. think because there's, I think there's questions that people would love answered by Pastor Chris. Yeah. Well, Doctor Chris, soon. Yeah, not yet, not yet, <laughs> not, yet not, not yet, not yet, soon. Not yet. So, all right. Awesome. <laughs> awesome Thanks, thank Chris. You.